gentlemen welcome to electric leftovers my name is jason this is episode 387 and this is a an unintentional special episode because for the first time in a long time i'm recording the show on the day it's supposed to be recorded which is monday and not like very late wednesday so i can have it out for y'all on thursday it's been a long day man it's been a long couple weeks i think we're mostly back to normal across the board but you know could be could be better could be worse um here's what uh here's what i got to tell you here's what i can't tell you ladies and gentlemen we just finished up the chrono cross stream for the week and it went very well i hope you uh, in, uh enjoyed it if you attended and if not i hope you enjoy it after the fact because that's why i do it the way i do it you know what i'm saying um this week's episode, we're going to read some reviews of Dragon Quest VIII, and then we're going to talk about Dragon Quest IX, we're going to read some weird news, and I'm going to tell you that we're getting close to the end of Mega Manix Command Mission over on the YouTube channel, and, um, anything else special for you? Oh, I need, I, I made a couple of mistakes in last week's episode, I, I, uh, misspoke when I referred to Dragon Quest 7 slash 8 as Final Fantasy 7 slash 8. Uh, so I apologize for that. And uh, I also didn't fix the music in the intro. Forgot all about it. And that's why it was so long and so quiet. So I apologize. And yeah. Um, that's all I got for you. Let's move on.
In Dragon Quest IX, Sentinels of the Starry Skies, players begin their adventure as a city guardian who is sent to retrieve a sacred tree's fruits, which have the power to grant wishes. Players travel the world, conquer fearsome monsters, and unravel an epic storyline. And during their journey, players will encounter mighty opponents in fast-paced battles, and also interact with a colorful cast of characters. This is Dragon Quest IX, Sentinels of the Starry Skies, a role-playing game for the Nintendo DS, developed by Level 5, published by Nintendo, released in 2009. And uh, one of the rare um, uh, NDS Let's Plays. We have very few of those, and this is one of them. Uh, we join our hero, Azrock, named after a motherboard, Wiimote, 9-volt, and Cthulhu as we uh, travel the world and try and get all the Dragon Balls before the bad guys. I mean Magic Fruit. It's not Dragon Balls. It's Magic Fruit. Totally not the same thing. Not like they don't shoot off in a million directions and you gotta track them down with a radar thingy and then it's mostly all of that's in the game. Um, so, uh, I like this game. I really had a good time playing this game up until the end when I decided I was going to try and do all like the bonusy kind of secret dungeon-y stuff. Not like super hard end of game bonus dungeon, but this game's got a weird, like they call them grottos and they're like randomly generated spawning dungeons that may or may not open ways to other dungeons. There's, there's a quest system in this game and to finish some specific quests, you have to go to specific grottos and they don't always appear when you want them to appear. And I spend way too much time uh, trying to get all of those done. But it's not too bad. We're not like 100 hours and 100 episodes like we were with Dragon Quest VIII. This one comes in at 51. And honestly, the last like seven or eight are all this questy stuff. So if you want to check it out, you can check those out. If not, you're not missing anything. Uh, but I would absolutely recommend this game. Oh, show. As is usual, usual, the case, as is usually. All right, I'm just gonna stop talking. <laughs>
I'm bad at it. Why did I think I could podcast? It's a terrible idea. As is usually the case, uh, I haven't looked at any of the reviews for this game before I started them. Uh, the podcast, and oh my god, there's a million billion of them. And I only see one red number. That gives me that gives me a, a, a cause for pause. What's the difference between a cat and a sentence? One has claws at the end of its paws, and one has a pause at the end of its claws. Have that one for free. Uh, let's take a look here. Any um, yeah, I know I would turn it off too. Uh, any usual contributors? Not in the quick reviews, so it really doesn't matter. RP Gamer 15. I think we've read one of theirs. Give it a five. Or no, a nine, excuse me. RP Gamer 15 gave it a nine. This other person. If you didn't grow up on 8 bit hit points, this review is for you. Yeah, that's something. We'll talk about that. Maybe, if I remember. Uh, wow, Genghis Khan, back from the dead to review Dragon Quest VIII. Wow, yeah, no, nobody. Nobody. Oh, nope, there's Psycho Penguin. Holy crap, and Psycho Penguin gave it a 10? <coughs> wow, look at you, Psycho Penguin. Um, this game available for the 3DS, Android, and PlayStation 2. I paid the play to the PlayStation 2 version. That is the one we will be reading reviews for. Um, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. And oh, and that one, I like I like the title of that one. Okay, starting off with boats and hose, boats and hose in 2006. Uh, oh, over on the side it says the game came out in 2014, but that's the iOS version. I was gonna say, how did he review the game eight years before it came out? Anyway, boats and hose says. For the hardcore RPG players. And they go on to say, This is my first review, so don't be surprised if you find it different from others, or exactly the same. Don't let the series of the game fool you. It's not that great of a game. Now see why. Colon. Bling blong phone. Graphics, 10 out of 10. The graphics are beautiful. Some of the best on the PS2. The cell-shaded characters and environment really brighten up the game. Everything is just so bright and colorful. It really is one of the better cell shaded games I've seen. That your your second and third, or excuse me, your third and fourth sentences are your first and second sentences. Stop that. Even better than The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Oh, I don't know about that. Don't be surprised to end up staring at the scenery for a little bit and just go, wow, this is amazing. He's not wrong. Sound and music, three out of 10. The music is bleh. It's very simple music and the same song is played constantly. All the music is the same. Towns, dungeon, overworld, and most bosses have the same music. You listened to the music last week. Did you hear one song over and over again? 
Don't expect every town to have new music like Final Fantasy, which they don't, and don't expect good music like Tales of Symphonia. The beeps and clicks in menus are also very annoying. The voice acting is terrible. It's really not that bad. Everything is in British accents. Well, mostly. Most of the accents don't even fit the characters, and all of it sounds forced. I actually muted this game and turned on some music. If you bought the soundtrack, it probably wouldn't have more than nine songs on it. That's sad. Let's just look at that, shall we? My music folder, my video game folder, my PS2 folder. Uh, 68. It's almost 9. Gameplay, 6 out of 10. The gameplay is alright, but the constant battles are annoying. I just hate trying to get through a dungeon and you encounter a monster every 5 steps. Another stupid thing is that to be able to beat a boss is... Another stupid thing is that to be able to beat a boss is to level up. Tons. Constant leveling up on enemies that aren't very interesting can be tedious. The last thing about battles is that the only way to get experience points is to battle metal slimes, which are very rare and run all the time. The only good thing is that you can put skill points into skills at level up, which allows some customization. Though leveling up a owl the time, there were two P's in up and one, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I made a mistake. Though leveling three L's up two P's, all, one L, there we go, uh, the time is still very, very annoying. There are a few mini-games, like Casino with Roulette, Bingo, and Slots. The Casino is the only way to get some of the best stuff in the game, and everything is based on luck. Dumb. If a mini-game gets me extremely good items, I want it to be fun, not based on luck. A few extra bosses are sort of cool, but still no reason to go through the constant leveling up to beat them. I think... I only spent two or three times where I'm like, okay, I gotta level up now. And one was like right at the end and one was kinda in the middle. It's not that bad. Story, four out of 10. Wow, it actually hurts me to think about this story. The story is this in a nutshell. The kingdom of Trodane is overcome by thorns because of a stupid-looking jester took a stupid scepter that was Trodane's biggest treasure. He casts a curse on the king that turns him into a green thing and his daughter that turns her into a horse. You are a soldier of this king who is the only person to survive the curse of the thorns besides the king in Princess. You three set off on a journey to find the evil jester Dolmagus and get the scepter back. It's not original, is it? Not? And it is really something a kid would enjoy, not the teens that play this game. Come on, an and evil jester that tries to take over the world? Dumb. Yeah, Final Fantasy never did that. There are a few plot twists that one would expect, but at least take the story off of a dumb-looking jester. The main character is a silent guy too, which I hate. I also hate how none of the characters really have and background information except for the main character and the king he travels with. Um, no, <laughs> any time you meet somebody, like there, there's four party members in the game. You get four party members, not counting the king and the spoiler alert horse princess. Um, but pretty much everybody gets a little bit of backstory. Pretty much everybody. Uh, uniquely so for a Dragon Quest game is everybody getting a little bit of a time to shine. Uh, overall, 6 out of 10. The game had the potential to be a great game, but the lack of a good story makes this game very bad. The bad music is also another reason to, to not like this game, 
it could give you a headache. If you want to get this game, please rent this game. It's not worth the $50 sign, period. Not even the demo FF12 is worth the buy, which is just as good as this game. Overall, it's all right, but nothing more than all right. Says Boats and Hose. Coming in to write his very first review. Has Boats and Hose contributed anything else? Contributions. Two reviews, Fantasy Star Online, episode one and two, which he gave four and a half stars. And Dragon Quest. Yep, and then it said click here for more, and it just takes me to another page with the save too. Okay, well, you're wrong. Boats and excuse me, boats and hose, so go away. Um, Catalyst Guitar in 2005 says, level five does it again. That's who made the game. I have never been a huge fan of the Dragon Quest. Can we stop for a second, though? Can we go back to Boats and Hose for a bit? The problems that you have pointed out in Dragon Quest really make me think that RPGs aren't for you. Especially Dragon Quest games. Okay? Okay. Anyway, back to Catalyst Guitar. I have never been a huge fan of the Dragon Quest series, especially since I really dislike Dragon Warrior 7 for the PSX. Oh, I love you, Catalyst Guitar. Uh, but I have to say, this game hits the nail of RPGs right on the head. Graphics, 10 out of 10. Oh my god, the graphics are amazing. This is how cell shading should be done. The colors flow vibrantly. Your clothes move in the wind. The facial expressions are quite comical and serious at different times. And the draw distance is nearly non-existent. The game looks so lush and polished that I could stare at it for hours. Great work, level 5. Excellent job. 10 out of 10. Gameplay, 9 out of 10. The gameplay is amazing. It's the traditional RPG formula. 1. Go to town. 2. Encounter cutscene. 3. Get quest. 4. Leave town and go to dungeon. 5. Get to the end of dungeon and fight boss. 6. Go back to town and reap rewards. 7. Go out onto the world map and run to the next town. 8. Repeat steps 2 to 8 as needed. 80 plus hours would sound slow and dull, huh? Well, in a way it kind of is, but that is definitely not a bad thing. The battle system is very simplistic, but extremely fun and tactical. One wrong move and your entire party could be wiped out with the snap of a finger. So the gamer needs to pay attention and plan their attacks. When a party, uh, excuse me, when a member of the party levels up, they gain bonuses to their stats, but they also gain skill points, which can be put into a multitude of categories in order to gain new weapon attacks, spells, or passive bonuses. The story is charming and quite cute, but the only thing I can complain about is that there really, so far, has not been enough plot twists in the plot to keep me interested. Although some towns have you doing a irrelevant quest excuse me, that do not link to combating finding the villain of the game Duel Magus, and this feels kind of pointless, like they were stuck in there to make the game longer. Overall, the gameplay is very fun and charming, but my only complaint is that the story is kind of dull and the gameplay can get slow and repetitive at some points, but there are very few, if any at all. It all depends on the preferences gamer. That's right, the preferences gamer. Sound 10 out of 10! In my opinion, this is the best part of the game. The music is just amazing. This game rivals even Shadow of the Colossus for best music of the year. It is completely orchestrated and the quality of the music sounds next gen, but it's orchestral. So wouldn't that be like 
first gen. I cheered every time the world map music came on and blasted and really got into it. I bet you did. Just purely amazing. Fantastic job. Oh man, I could listen to the title music over and over until I died and a happy death it would be. The voice acting is very good as well. The hero is a silent protagonist, but his facial expression can deliver all the emotion we need to see. And also, other characters speak for him. The voice acting is very well done, and the dialect is very British, which is not a bad thing. It's nice to defray from the old American slang. All in all, I give it a 10. I like that Catalyst Guitar gives us the rating and then talks about it and then reminds us of the rating. That's kind of nice. Replay and extras. Very nice. In addition to the lengthy main quest, which is about 40 to 80 hours for most, DQ8 imparts many gigantic side quests. There are the traditional quests for mini medals, where the hero finds these tiny medals scattered over the land and can trade them for prizes and unlockables. Also, there is a monster arena where the hero gets contracts that resemble bounties and must find the unique version of the monster it describes. And after defeating it, the hero is able to battle them inside the arena to attain higher ranks and get prizes. There's also an unlockable dungeon. All in all, extras get a 10. Conclusion. DQ8 is definitely RPG of the year, and boy, does it deserve it. While the gameplay might get slow, it might get slow at times, excuse me, and the story bland, it makes up for it with fantastic music and voices with the addition of a superb battle system that brings the gamer back to the roots of where RPGs were in the 90s and late 80s. Pros, addicting battle system, amazing soundtrack, cute and comical storyline with serious moments, and very enjoyable side quests. Cons, gameplay can be repetitive, and the story can seem pointless at times. All in all, this is a must-buy. Get it now if you are in need of an excellent RPG. Now, if you would excuse me, I'm going to go play some more. Catalyst Guitar gives it a 9 overall. Good review, Catalyst Guitar. I appreciate, especially, that you don't like Dragon Quest VII. And I don't really have anything to, uh, to point out in his review. Uh, we'll dig into a couple things a little bit more after this one. Dragon Lord 101, reviewing Dragon Quest. Amazing. In 2010 says, and this is the one I picked just because of the title, just like Final Fantasy IX, it mixes the best of the old and the greatest of the new. Introduction. This game is one of my all-time favorite games. It has a lot of awesome music tracks, characters, monsters, and all-around gameplay. And as a Dragon Quest fan, I am in love with this game. My brother got this game for Christmas the year it came out, and at first I did not get to play it, seeing how it was a new game and he wanted to be the first to beat it, etc. But after a while, I finally got to play it. I didn't really care for it at first because it wasn't the same as the Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest games I'd played before, but it had grown on me over time. Now I play it over and over again, doing different things with my characters and item mixtures. I'll explain more in depth in a little bit. Story 9 out of 10. For the sake that I like to stay spoiler-free during most of my reviews, I will explain the beginning of the game, and that's about it. You begin the game watching a cutscene. You see a kingdom, king, princess, and a jester in a room that holds a chained-up staff. The jester leaps forward and grabs the chained-up staff. When this occurs, the castle goes dark and vine is wrapped around the inside and outside of the castle. 
then the scene ends. Basically, you start out with two characters. The hero, you get to name him, his name is Tribble, and a giant bandit-looking man named Yangus. And you meet some new characters along the way. Sadly, you only get four characters throughout the whole game, but they are each unique in their own way. So in a nutshell, the protagonist is the hero, and the antagonist is a jester named Dual Magus. This is not a spoiler, because at the very, very beginning of the game, they bring it to your attention. Even if the storyline sounds simple, it has many twists and turns along the way. Do not be fooled. Music, 10 out of 10. Bling blong phone. Uh, I love the music in this game. It is fully orchestrated and beautiful. I will be Frank. Well, Frank, I will continue to be Jason. It does get rather repetitive about halfway through the game due to the fact that it repeats the same music for battle, towns, kingdoms, and dungeon, but I still love it a lot. My all-time favorite track from this game is the song That Place during your first visit to the kingdom called Escantha. I don't remember that one. Uh, characters 10 out of 10. The characters are delightful in this game. They have a sense of humor. They have personality. They are somewhat relatable at times. They all have their own opinion on the situation that is going on in the game. There is party talk in the game, so you can see what you should do and get little funny conversations between your characters. And Yangus has the best British voice actor that I have ever heard before. And also of the characters have Grace Voice. And also all of the characters have great voice actors. Excuse me. And all of the characters in towns and everything have great accents. Truly amazing. Well, that one guy doesn't. I don't remember his name, but he was a jerk. Gameplay, 10 out of 10. This is where the game truly shines. It mixes the old dragon warrior things, gets rid of the menu, and gets a newer, more user-friendly menu, and adds a greater way to see party talk. Not to mention that there is an alchemy pot for mixing items to make farther great weapons, items, and armor. And for most of the characters' best weapons, alchemy is required to create them. And if you press the select button, a menu is brought up and you can see your alchemy recipes, bestiary, and the king trode gives you some advice on how to do things. But I don't bother Listen to the king. This review is starting to fall apart. Uh, the battle system is turn-based, my all-time favorite battle system, and every time you level up, you get a certain amount of skill points put into a weapon type, and you get stronger with the weapon you put points into. You get techniques with that weapon. At level 99, which is the max, you get 350 skill points. You can master three weapons and put 50 points in another. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Pros, great acting, or excuse me, great characters, best voice acting, great battle system, cool customization with weapons, great music, cool accents, sweet alchemy bot, unique spell and skill names. Cons, music can get repetitive, and uh, nothing else. Rent, buy, or not even bother? Buy this game, it is the best game ever. Enough set. Rating 10. Good job, Dragon Lord. <clears throat> so let's talk about this for a minute. I really do like the graphics. I think the graphics are great. I think it's one of the most pretty PlayStation 2 games I've played. Um, not as good as some GameCube games I've played. GameCube's got PS2 beat, in my opinion, for graphics. Uh, I think the music is excellent, though it does get a little, a little repetitive. It's not too bad. The story, I don't feel like it's anything really amazingly good. Um, stories in Dragon Quest games typically aren't all that interesting, I don't think. A couple of them have really good ones. Dragon Quest 3 has a great story because of where it ties into with the first two games. Dragon Quest 5 
has that multi-generational thing. That's really good. Dragon Quest VI has, we're going back and forth between the real world and the dream world. That's really good. Dragon Quest VII is a whole world full of horrible people who can't do anything for themselves. And it took the swapping, like, dimension time period thing from Dragon Quest VI. So it's horrible. This game, it's very simple, the setup. Bad guy has done bad thing. We go stop bad guy and fix bad thing. But uh, the way we get introduced to other characters and other things happen, our party members, the people we have to help, the people who are who are fighting against us, all works very, very well. And I like that. Um, I do like the gameplay. It is very basic uh, Dragon Questy RPG kind of stuff, which I like. I prefer that over action RPGs, like the new Final Fantasy and all that. It's not to say they're all bad. Uh, Rogue Galaxy, which is a game I think um, level five also worked on, uh, has a very good battle system. It's very different than this one. It's also very fun. This game, if you've played Dragon Warrior three, four, five, six, you know how the battles work in this game. One thing I will say, and there was a review with this title. Um, let me see if I can find it again. If you didn't grow up on 8-bit hit points, this review is for you, says Miyowari, who gave it a 5. You don't get a lot of health. Like, you'll have a couple hundred hit points at the end of the game, which is fine. It's not like Final Fantasy where you've got several thousand um, and it's fine that you only have a couple hundred because everything's only going to do a few dozen damage to you. There's going to be a couple of attacks that are like, you know, a couple hundred. But for the most part, you don't need this huge health pool because you're not going to get hit that hard. Um, when you do level up, as they everybody mentioned, you get some skill points. And the way this works is you kind of have three or four different options. You've got the like, weapons, you've got abilities, and you've got traits. And you can choose what you want to put these skill points into. If you're a hero, you can put them all into swords, or spears, or boomerangs, or magic, or this, or that, or the other. Um, Yangus, you can put him into... He's kind of the, the thief of the group, but also kind of tanky at the same time. He's a weird character. But you can give him an ability to where he will tell you how many treasure chests are left in a given area. That's kind of a half-passive, half-skill ability. But you can do things like uh, increases your agility. You can do things that give you more skills with a sword. Um, master a staff thing and your magic costs only half MP. You know, all weird things like that. And so you can really pick and choose. If you like using swords over boomerangs, you can put all your points into swords. If you like the other way around, you can put all these points into boomerangs. If you use a lot of magic, put points into that. If you don't, skip it. If you like passives, put points into that. If you don't, skip it. And you can do that differently every time you play the game. And that makes it kind of interesting, I guess. I've only played it once, so I don't know. It's kind of long. And unlike most other games I played, um, I played this one on the console, so I couldn't emulate it. So when we had those long grindy sessions, it was real time. And when I was doing stuff at the casinos that was all luck based, there's no load state for that. So, but I did 100% the game and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game very much. I would give this a nine. I would give this game a solid nine. It does have some slow spots. It does have some lulls. 
they're few and far between, and they don't generally last too long. My biggest complaint about the game is the unlockable bonus dungeon at the end to get you the, the good ending of the game. It's not that interesting. It's really not. And they kind of... I, I think they failed with some of the bosses in that. But other than that, that is a great game. As, um, uh, as I, you know, we get into this on time, I'm not totally sure, um, what we're gonna have for news, but looking at it, we got a few stories. <clears throat> oh, we gotta read that one. Uh, woman dies after eating poisoned chocolate sent by her ex-boyfriend's jealous lover. Fun. Japanese company creates the world's most awesome BB gun. They have a boardable robot. 
the Phalanx BB gun. It uh, looks like it's pneumatic. It's got a tank on it and is in the bed of a truck. Get the modern rogues on that. Kingsley Lake, the world's most circular lake. Company locks employees inside the office building to prevent them from leaving. Where is this? India. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I think we'll read that one for sure. We'll read that one for sure. That'll give us three. Uh, the final story we're skipping this week. Tattoo artist sparks controversy with amateurish-looking $700 tattoo. I... I actually, looking at the picture, it just looks like Sharpie. Like scribbles, there's some stars. It's pretty, pretty crummy. But then, you know, tattooed consists of two shapes resembling hurriedly doodled flowers stemming out of a scribbled section surrounded by dozens of seemingly disconnected lines. I'll leave that for you folks to decide. Starting off, Man eats McDonald's three times a day for 100 days and loses 60 pounds. McDonald's is gross, though. A 57-year-old Nashville man claims that he has managed to lose 60 pounds or 27 kilograms of body weight by eating McDonald's fast food three times a day for 100 days straight. If you're trying to lose weight, fast food is probably the first thing you cut out, but one Nashville grandfather's dieting experiment will probably make you see things from a totally different perspective. Okay, can we just stop for a second? One of the things that annoys me most about Oddity Central is the editing in their articles is really bad. Because the first paragraph, 57-year-old Nashville man claims he managed to do blah, 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 right, for 100 days. The title of the article, man eats McDonald's three times a day for 100 days, loses 60 pounds. So that's that's the, the headline. The first sentence is that, but a little different. And then we're into the second sentence of the third paragraph, and it's going to do the same thing. We've already been told that this guy is 57 years old and that he's lost 60 pounds uh, by eating McDonald's for 100 days straight. Okay, we'll get ready to hear all that again. 57-year-old Kevin McGinnis had been doing a media tour explaining how he managed to lose a considerable amount of body weight by eating McDonald's Big Macs, Quarter Pounders, French Fries, and Apple Fritters three times a day for 100 days straight. How many more times do you think we're going to hear 100 days straight? I'm going to bet you at least three times. We'll find out. Uh, McGinnis also claims that the unusual diet also helped him bring down his cholesterol, blood sugar, as well as his heart attack risk rating. And all he did was cut the portions he ate in half. <clears throat> half a plate to lose the weight. Three quarters of a plate to maintain the weight. Any food, including McDonald's, McGinnis told NBC's Today Show. I was pre-diabetic before, down into healthy ranges now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, McGinnis first announced his unconventional diet in a TikTok video that went viral, because of course it did. But 100 days after starting it, gee, I wonder how long it was, he actually came back with some impressive results. He managed to drop from 238 pounds to 179.5. So there's that again. By eating fast food three times a day. And there's that again. After seeing him shed the extra pounds, his wife joined him on his quest to show that portion control is the way to go. She's McLovin' it, he jokingly said. I think she's beautiful now, so it's just the health reasons. We want to get into a better overall healthy weight. 
Even though he had been told that eating McDonald's isn't suitable in the long run, Kevin is confident that he's found the perfect way to lose extra weight without feeling miserable. He can still eat whatever he likes as the McDonald's menu offers plenty of variety, but he only eats half a portion, saving the rest for his next meal. Quote, I wait until I have the actual heat, not my head craving foods, but my body actually at the place where it's really, truly hungry, the 57-year-old said. Hunger, it turns out, is one of the best seasonings you can add to anything. I'm never depriving myself. I'm eating McFurries. I think that's supposed to be flurries? I don't know. I'm eating cinnamon rolls. I'm hitting Big Macs. I'm eating french fries, McGinnis added. I'm just delaying myself because I'm going to eat the whole thing. I'm just not going to eat it all in one sitting. Okay. Dietitians will say that even by cutting portions in half, Kevin is still getting well over the recommended 2,300 milligrams of sodium daily. Uh, there was a, a quotation mark there, but no opening one. And that many of the ingredients in fast food aren't ideal for a healthy diet. But he claims that while consuming different micronutrients is definitely important, shedding the pounds first is more important for his health than focusing on the food he eats. Eating different macronutrients that are going to help my brain function. If I'm dead, my brain function is not going to improve. So let's get rid of this obesity killer first, McGinnis said. Kevin isn't the first person to lose weight on a McDonald's diet. Back in 2014, John Cisna, a school teacher from Iowa, ate fast food for 90 days and lost 37 pounds. <clears throat> uh, you know, your old pal Jason, he, he puts on some hibernation weight every winter. Um, mostly because I'm not nearly as active. Uh, I don't, I don't eat more. I'm just less active. But in the summertime, I'm more active and I do find myself eating less overall because it's, it's hot and I don't want to eat when it's hot. So it's a weird thing. I, I could stand to lose 40 pounds probably and be fine with it. Anyway, keep your hands clean at all times with this portable sink. Japanese gadget manufacturer Thanko recently unveiled a portable wash basin that can be assembled anywhere in less than a minute to ensure your hands are squeaky clean at all times. The COVID-19 pandemic may be on its last legs, but that's no reason to neglect your body hygiene. Alcohol-based gel products do a good job at disinfecting your hands on the go, but they don't work against all viruses and bacteria and are no match for good old soap and water. Unfortunately, finding somewhere to use this tried-and-true combination can be an issue, as one sometimes doesn't have access to running water. That's where the new Fanko portable wash basin comes in. Made of lightweight materials that can be easily carried around and featuring a simple modular design that makes it easy to assemble and take apart, it's any germaphobe's wet dream. Oh god. Thanko's portable hand washing station weighs only three kilograms and, be can, and can be assembled excuse me, by just one person in just a few seconds. It consists of a water tank with a capacity of 20 liters. That weight does not include the 20 liters of water, I guarantee it. Which also acts as the base of the device, a plastic pipe that conceals a transparent water hose, a plastic drainage tube, a lightweight wash basin, a metallic faucet, and even a small towel rack. So there's a little pump, I'm looking at a picture, there's a little pump that pumps the water from the, the base up into the basin, and then there's just a hose that drains it out onto the ground, I guess. 
Uh, so how does the water get pumped from the bottom tank to the wash basin? You might ask. Well, a foot pump would have probably done the job, but we're living in the area area the era of electrification so the portable sink comes with an electric pump embedded into the tank and is powered by a small 9 volt battery that you can find virtually anywhere and one battery apparently keeps the water flowing for up to 65 hours that's like a, a an aquarium pump at that size you can buy the thanko portable hand washing station on the company's online store store <laughs> Online store. Oh god. For 15,980 yen, or about 114 bucks. And you can use it to wash your hands anywhere at outdoor events, on construction sites, and even in your garage. It's a wacky product, the kind Thanko is famous for, but this one actually has some utility. We're gonna look at Thanko's page here. Uh, yes, I would like that translated. Thank you. While that's doing its thing, let's read our final story. 19-year-old pregnant virgin, in quotes, claimed she was impregnated by, quote, evil spirit. I had nothing to do with it. 19-year-old Colombian pregnant woman who claims to have never been intimate with a man insists that she was impregnated by an evil spirit. The young woman recently sparked controversy on Latino social media after telling TV Malambo a local media outlet in Colombia that she believed she was impregnated by a supernatural force. The unnamed woman said that after experiencing strange dreams and feeling strange supernatural presences in her rooms, she started missing her period and her mother took her to a gynecologist for a checkup. That's when the 19-year-old virgin, who claims to have never slept with a man, found out that she was pregnant. Quote, I have not been with any man. Suddenly, I stopped menstruating and my mother took me to the health center for a checkup and there I found out that I got pregnant, the woman declared. <laughs> I declare. The 19-year-old acknowledged that her vision version of events is hard to believe, and she admits that she doesn't fully understand how she got pregnant either. Interestingly, the young woman's story sparked a heated online debate, with some people claiming the girl just made up the story because she didn't want her parents to know that she was intimate with a man, and others taking her side, saying that they have heard similar stories. Quote, She's telling the truth. I have heard of other cases like this, one person commented. The last thing her father or mother should do is kick her out of the family home. In Colombia, girls between the ages of 14 and 19 become pregnant more often than in most other countries around the world. This 19-year-old girl is not the first to claim to have been impregnated by a supernatural force. Back in 2021, we wrote about an Indonesian woman who claimed a gust of wind made her pregnant. Uh, so, what, what was she saying? Experiencing strange dreams and feeling supernatural presences. Yeah, sure. His name was uh, Arturo. Okay, Thanko. New products. Let's just take a look. Oh, the, it's all graphics and it can't translate those. Here's a neck cooler. Uh, 2023. New color added. Oh, boy. It's like some headphones you put around your neck and it cools your neck. Uh, take a bath and feel refreshed. It's a little, it's like a drying fan that you stand on and it blows up. I'm guessing super high speed lunchbox rice cooker. A tank type dishwasher with out running water. Refrigerated clothing. Automatic opening and closing folding vinyl umbrella. Aren't most all of them fairly automatic? Uh, there's the portable small wash basin. Basin. 
fan and cooling plate to say goodbye to stuffy backs. So it's a little thing you put in between your backpack and your back, and it uh, keeps your back cool. Laundry with makeup brushes? Oh, it's a brush cleaner. I get it. Uh, USB toggle switching hub current voltage checker? That's kind of a neat looking device. I wouldn't have any use for it, but it's kind of neat. Electric peeling potted? Oh, it's, another, it's a potato peeler. Those don't work very well. Uh, mist veil fan that blows through the cold sensation. 40 centimeter large fan that you can adjust the air volume from light to strong wind. Outdoor and neat storage folding tent rack. Handy mop vacuum cleaner. One touch miracle mixing mug. Electric Perfect Brush from face to back to heel. It's a back scrubber. Accordion Tree Chair Like a Lantern. I'm reading these as they are translated. It's a it's a, a collapsible stool that lights up. Okay. A freestanding hammock chair. A slow cooker. An extreme chair. Easy one-touch sunshade tent that opens in two seconds. A shoe dryer. Compact washing machine that can be placed next to the sink. Uses no hot water. Some interesting stuff on here. Notice vibration anti-leg cushion. I don't even know what that's supposed to do. Retorts and leftovers become a feast. Homemade large pie maker. Oh boy. Easy meat at home. Compact meat slicer. Ah, it's beautiful. Leftovers become a feast. Fully automatic eating soup maker. I want an eating soup maker. All I get is the cleaning soup makers.
ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. I hope you enjoyed the show. We got some pretty good news. We got some pretty good reviews. And I think we got some pretty good music. Do I know for sure? No, I haven't done that yet. I'm working on it, though. That'll be fine. Uh, if you did enjoy the show, please consider giving us a like and a review and a rating and a subscribe and an all that stuff. Uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, we should be there. I mean, wherever you're listening to this, we're there. Can't argue with that. Um, if you would like to uh, find me on YouTube or Twitch to check out videos for any of the games we have talked about, like Dragon Quest 7, 8, 9, Chrono Cross, other things, uh, you can find me, Jason's Groove Machine. I'm pretty much all the things. If you'd like to catch me on Twitter, because, you know, it, look, it's lost two-thirds of its value since since Elon bought it, and I'm really the only thing keeping that last third afloat. I don't think you're going to find anybody who can argue with that. But you can find me there, at Jason G-R-V-A-N. And if you would like to support the show by buying me a coffee, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash electric left, where you can buy me a coffee, which will not be used for coffee. I've got surgery bills to pay for. But, you know, it's if you want to. You don't have to. I'll be fine either way. I'll just suffer. Thank you.